Are you ready to become toxic person proof? Hey guys, Sarah K. Ramsey here to help you find love and success after a toxic relationship so you can design a life you're actually excited about living. Hello, wonderful. This is Sarah. I am here with Renee Denane, 20 years experience in workplace culture. And I was telling Renee that I have three people in my inbox talking about toxic workplaces this morning. Um, she's a work psychologist and she's been helping leaders connect with their soul, bring their soul to work type of, type of thing. Uh, greater purpose, uh, greatness and joy. And you have a TED talk called being a doing addict. What is a quick, quick thing? What is a doing addict? Well, it's called authentic inaction, undoing the doing in a do crazy world where I name doing as an addiction. And I talk about my own um, story of recovery around burnout and just saying yes to everything and not discerning my soul's truest desires and where that impacted me physically. And then how that has kind of fueled the second chapter of my life. Mm. So one of the things that you love about your second chapter of life is kind of being able to navigate tricky situations, right? Mm -hmm. And navigate tricky cultures, really get into the difficult conversations. Would you say that's true? Yeah, absolutely. My, uh, my broader platform is called the deep tissue living, and it's really getting underneath what's happening up here because all of that is just reaction. Um, It's not really rooted in meaning until we look for it and find it. And when we can make those connections, then we come into greater choice and that's in your personal life. And it certainly shows up a lot within, you know, corporate and team settings. So I like to go into messy places and help sort of peel things back and get people reconnected. And most people are good, well-intentioned humans. um, But we also all had big full lives and they sort of trigger us in really powerful ways and other times really detrimental ways. And so just kind of figuring that out. So we stop traumatizing, re-traumatizing ourselves and others, you know, it's a beautiful piece of work. I'm honored to be able to work in that kind of space. Yay. Okay. So I know if there is a, a, a sticky situation at work or toxic workplace culture, you know, the go-to, right. is like, well, the culture needs to change. My boss needs to change. Right. We get it. We hear you and, you know, every spiritual practice, like from every spiritual practice, every life practice, it's like, okay, what can you control? What is out of your control? What can you control? What's out of your control, right? (laughs) That is. (laughs) And I think um, I talked about it in my book, Problem Solved, but I think humans have a really tricky habit that leads to burnout that they spend a lot of their energy on the problems that are not theirs to solve. Yeah. 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 Why do we do that? Um, it's, it's procrastination, right? Yeah. Like, I mean, it, scary. yeah. I mean, the, well, sometimes you're right. Sometimes it's easier to focus on other people's problems than our own. So that's really about avoidance. Um, I think there's also an element that contributes to that to say like, who am I, if I'm not helpful, right? Who am I, if I can't be of service, will I be loved? Am I worthy? Right. So there's a deep seated, need to show up for people and to be of service. Um, and oftentimes that will result in you know, over-accommodation or people-pleasing and kind of losing touch with your own soul's desires. And I think there's just a big uh, hesitancy to just not do anything, just to take your hands off something that's not yours 
back up and let who's ever work that's supposed to be because it can't always be yours, right? Do that work. Like let them, that's their journey. That's their work. Even if like I was just with a client yesterday and saying, well, if I say something, if I speak up more and someone else gets triggered, then I have to fix that. I go, no, you don't actually. That's, you know, have you, were you well-intentioned, right? Were you fair? Were you honest? Like you get to speak your truth and hold them capable of hearing it. Now what they do with it is on them, but you don't not speak it because you're afraid of their inability to take it in. Right. So um, it's tricky. It's a, I love it. It's a very complicated place. And, and most teams I go in, there's a bit of all that going on. So being able to kind of back up, look at it, pull it apart and then put it back together in the way that they really feel like that is actually their truer intention um, can really heal pretty quickly. I've seen it heal, you know, a couple sessions and they're healed. No, it's not a magic bullet, but if they're willing to kind of look at the whole picture and how the dynamic of that group of people, because by the way, there's every team is unique. There's no one like them. So there's no like instant playbook, but if they're willing to do that work, recovery is always possible. They can always come back into relationship and do great things. Renee, we, I was at, I know, you know, I have a daughter that I love dearly and we were at my grandmother's recently and my grandmother had given her a cookie and um, she was eating some ice cream with a cookie. And then she kind of gave me the cookie to throw away, you know, and she didn't say a word. Okay. She just saw it, gave me the cookie to throw away. And later my grandmother said, how did you like, did you like the cookie? And my daughter said, no. Ooh, good for her. That was the end of the sentence. And I was like, ooh, ooh. like it was crazy. The reaction. Oh, good for her. Well, may she never lose the truth. I'm trying. I'm trying. I mean, well done. <laughs> and, and so someone's, I know her age and, um, but puberty hits too. Cause I have a 15 year old daughter and she's coming, comes in and out of that truth now. Um, just her life is more complicated. She's aware of more things, you know, and I really try to be like, that isn't unkind. Actually, you know, thank you, Brene Brown. Clear is kind. Un- right. Unclear is unkind. Mm-hmm. And it's not about being nice. It's about being kind. And when we're kind, we're truthful, you know? And so, yeah. Oh, well done, girl. Yeah. I, no, but it was and, sorry, Grandma. Yeah. <laughs> no, thank you. Interesting. The, my reaction with all the work, as you know, mm. that I've done, oh. you know, it was just like... <gasps> She's hurt her feelings. She's not making my grandmother's feelings. Whoa, you know, and she didn't, some important things to note out. She didn't go on a tirade and throw the cookie away in front of my grandmother and say this cookie's nasty and gross. Right, right. Right? She she wasn't critical in her, yeah, in her getting her No, and then she didn't manage her feelings. She just answered the question. Mm -hmm. You know, and I just want to say that out loud because if, you know, the whole like, well, okay, if they get triggered, what am I supposed to do about it? Yeah. Like, welcome to the club. Like we were all socialized <laughs> to do this. And my own reaction was just like, Whoa. and I managed it. We were, I didn't, no one else said anything. That was the end. I was like, oh, wow. You know, yeah. and you know, here's the good news. Grandma will never give her that cookie again. Right. It's not a repeat. It's not going to be like on replay now because she wasn't truthful and wonders then why does this keep happening? Why does grandma give me the, the cookie I don't like? So, so much learning in that, in that little, just simple antidote. Thanks for sharing that. Well, thank you. It was a life lesson. Okay. So you talked about being able to transform what we can control within teams. So if anybody is listening to this and they're like, I think my workplace is toxic, or I feel like the 
team dynamic has turned toxic. Um, what, where would be their starting place for what they could control? Yeah, I mean, I would start with you, right? And kind of look in the mirror and say, what's going on for me here? Because sometimes we end up in, in places that trigger us and it doesn't necessarily mean that the root is it's toxic, you know, and that it could just be toxic for you because it's maybe it's a boss that reminds you of someone in the past, right? Like we're so complicated in that way. There's so much territory that new experiences are filtered through, you know, a lifetime of it. And so I, I always say, you know, start first, like what's going on here? Like what's the material for you and your journey and your learning? Are you in another environment that looks just like the one you left and somehow you've recreated it? Oh shoot, look what I've done. All right, well now I know that's going to happen if I don't pay attention. So I always think it's worth it to start there. And then I would kind of look around and see what's going on here. Are people happy? You know, is joy welcomed? Um, can I make a mistake in, in it? Because that's how I learn best. Like what's going on fundamentally in this environment that's either, you know, got me in survival mode or is really helping me to thrive. And, and then I would try to point things out. And if there's, if you get to that third step where it's like, Hey, I noticed that, or we're tolerating this behavior, or are you aware that this boss is bullying people who, what, whatever that, that storyline looks like. And, and the organization says, live with it. Then you say, peace out. But if they're like, oh my God, you know what? I did hear this, but it it didn't come to me in the same way. Would you be willing to talk about it? And then you get to decide, you know, is this, is this a hill I want to climb, you know, in service of this organization? But if they don't care, you shouldn't care as much. Like we can't care more for other people's work or other people's prosperity than they care for themselves. And so, you know, then that's a boundary for you. So I think it's kind of a step-by-step assessment that at the end, you're going to come out more aware, more conscious, more well-boundaried and, and have, and leave if you do leave without regret, which is important for you. Agree completely on the leaving without regret. And if I may, I, there's, we talked a little bit off camera about, Mm -hmm. you know, people, when people think about toxic relationships, they often think about like Johnny Depp and that Amber Heard or whatever, you know, this was like crazy Jerry Springer situation. Right. And, um, I am very much, not every relationship is toxic and there are toxic relationships. (laughs) Both are true. And, um, but within that culture of toxic romantic relationships and people are like, Oh, that's like the worst kind. And then it's interesting. Every time I hear people talk about toxic work cultures or toxic romantic, uh, toxic work relationships, like caring more than the other person, mm-hmm. caring more about their prosperity than they do, caring more about their well-being than mm-hmm. they do, um, trying to be heard and not being heard, trying to stick it out out of loyalty. Like it is crazy, the parallels, mm-hmm. like it is toxic dynamics and power dynamics are always the same, whether they are work, friendship, romantic, family, it's, it's all the same game. Absolutely. Absolutely. And that's the, there's good news in that because you get to look at the common denominator, which is you. And, and if that's the type of people and environment and the way you want to feel in your day-to-day life, like hopefully you're still in a place of choice. If you're listening, you're like, oh, darn it. Right. Like you, hopefully you're in a place of choice. And if you aren't ask for support, Mm -hmm. um, just yesterday, I said to my daughter, I said, you know, asking for support's a strength. She's like, it is. I'm like, it definitely is like asking for support when you don't need it or expecting support when everyone else has got a lot going on. 
that's not necessarily healthy, but asking for support when you need it is the, one of the biggest strengths and tools that you have in your backpack. So, mm-hmm. you know, you don't have to go it alone, but hopefully you're in choice. But if not, there are people that can can support you in getting more objectivity and helping you make a choice that will serve you better. I'm so glad you said that about asking for support being a strength. Um, I kind of like think about it. I'm like, okay, so if you could do something that it's going to take twice as long, or you could do something and it'd be pretty quick, which one would you prefer? And most people are like, well, pretty quick. You get the same result either way. And it's like, okay, what is that old prophecy? Like one man runs fast, but the other runs far or something. It's like, yeah, we are better together. Yeah. There are people who know things that I do not know. Amen. Thank goodness for that. Oh my God. Yeah. And it's really, I consider a toxic trait. Well, it's, it's a trauma trait and hypervigilance, you know, to have to do everything by yourself. And it's like, well, what, who's telling you that's wise? Like your 90 year old grandma, like, Mm -hmm. yeah. In that culture, Right. When that, maybe that was what they were doing. their boys were at war and they did have to carry and go to work and never had and all that. Yes, that feel that is soldier material, but it's it's out of context. Oftentimes, sometimes we do need to just grit. Right. Grit is real. Resiliency is real. And if you live like that, you will end up burnt out, mm-hmm. lonely, mm-hmm. unfulfilled and and joyless. I mean, it just strips you of everything that is more true, which mm-hmm. is most people are good. The world wants you to be prosperous, right? We are we are human beings with a will and a, the power to discern and create and manifest, you know, all that good stuff. But we need to remove the blocks and a lot of it is in the toxicity of our relationships or environments that we that we choose most times to be in. So within the conversation about toxic workplace, beginning with you, hard conversations. Okay. Let's do some real language around some of those hard conversations. I bet that is a lot of what you do. So if you're having to say something like that bothered me, I don't like this in a professional setting, how would you, how would you set that up? Yeah. I mean, if there is a power dynamic, if it's a boss, right. Mm -hmm. Um, there is and depending on that boss and the culture that you're in, how like anchored the hierarchy is. But in general, you know, when something is up for you and you've sort of done your own work and cleaned it up and been like, you know what, I was just triggered because it reminded me of, or actually, you know what, I have other data that shows that wouldn't have been their intent. So I'm going to let this go. Right. Like you, you kind of do that and it's like still an issue. You're like, no, I got to bring this up. So I just say, hey, something's been bothering me. Would you be willing to talk with me about it? You know, most rational people have a hard time arguing with a rational approach. And by rational, I mean, it comes from your heart, but it's it's scrubbed from sort of like triggers, right? And trauma and all of that stuff. And just say, I, I, I care about our relationship. Can we have this conversation? Because I'm spending a lot of time thinking about it and it's probably not useful. Um, and hopefully that person's like, oh, wow. Okay, yeah, right? Because they probably didn't mean to hurt you. Now, if it's over and over again, then then you start with, I think, hey, I noticed that I tolerate this a lot and it happened here and it happened there and here. And now I'm feeling like shame on me. Um, I have a request. Would you be willing to honor it? Mm-hmm. Can mm-hmm. I point out some things I wanted to make sure people picked up on? You, ta- you used pattern language. Yes. In your thinking, right? Absolutely. And so I'm a pattern when, seeker. So I can tell. I'm like, <laughs> heard exactly what she said (laughs) because in that question
question of, should I say something? Should I not say something? Look at the data. You used yeah. the D word too, right? And it's like, okay, there's a pattern. This has happened this time and this time and this time with this particular person you're working with. Or, whoa, this is a pattern. It happened every every Tuesday night when I stay up too late. And then every Wednesday, I'm right. more- I, I'm coming a little more sensitive, yeah. <laughs> right, it, whatever the pattern is, you know, whether it be a, a problem pattern with yourself or a problem pattern with someone else, I think that's what you're saying. And that's certainly what I believe is to look for those patterns yeah. in those conversations. Yeah. And that's that's when you know to have the conversation. Yeah. We do, one of the activities I do a lot with teams kind of deeper into the work is around obviously the topic of trust, but I have them unpack. It's four minutes and they say, my current level of trust in you is a four what makes it a four is, you know, and what could make it a higher number is. Okay. And I tell them right then, I said, little cuts happen all day long. Like we don't mean to. And we just write drop, little T's all over the place. And you have been sitting with knowing, like, I need to have the conversation you have. And I'm like, it'll never be easier. Never be easier than this four minutes I'm offering you right now to clean this up. I said, and if you don't, what you're saying is I'm willing to let it go, release it. And it's not going to live in my psyche anymore. And it's not going to come up, you know, where it's right here. Next time they do it, I'm ready to fight. So, and that what they always say is, oh my God, that was so much easier than I thought it was, you know? Yeah. And like, that's right. This is a new pattern. Deal with things when they're messy right there. Hey, whoa. Right. Otherwise the mess piles up and it does feel overwhelming. And the farther distance we get from feeling capable of having the conversation. I'm reading a book called The Science of Stuck right now. Hmm, and, write that down. Yeah, very good. Um, and they talk about each chapter in that book. Each chapter is its own little mini book with a different subject, but it's great. Um, and she talks about awkward conversations like this and uh, apologies, you know, that type of thing. And, you know, she said, yes, it's hard to do the work, but it's harder to live with not having done the work. Mm-hmm. Agreed in the, in the long run and even in the short run, but definitely as you look at how that pattern embeds itself and keeps blocking you from all the things you really want more of connection, community, acceptance, you know, all of that. It, it's uh, it's just, let's start doing that. I mean, think about the world at large, how much could be solved if we nip things early and we're willing to have those tough conversations, not because we can, but because we care. Ooh, yeah, not because we can, but because we care. I love that. I well, care and, so much more about you than this problem. Let's 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 clean this up. I, I really like that. And I really like the trust. Um, mm-hmm. I know within the toxic relationship world, the trust built brokenness and rebuilding and that kind of thing. That is lovely. Um, and for anyone listening. The, this is what I need for you to do to rebuild the trust. That is an actual, like, there's action, <laughs> right? Not promises, yeah. more patterns of action, right? Not just like, and not, well, you shouldn't have, that shouldn't bother you. Uh, you should right. have Minimizing, that. discounting all of the other stuff we do when we feel on the spot. I just had a picture. I don't know if it's helpful for your listeners, but I saw like two people, well-intentioned, people who want the same things, right? To feel safe, connected, loved, all of that. And they're standing like there's a river gorge and one's on one and one's on the other. And the other's like, well, if if you really care, show me, right? It's like, well, give him a bridge. <laughs> like, don't make him jump or, or self-sacrifice, like build a bridge. Like 
if you want to be in relationship with me, here's what this looks like, right? Like lay it out and then they could decide to cross or not. But we're like, this is the image you just put, which I, I think that's a good way to think about it. It's like, why do we make it so hard to reconnect? Um, right. And, and yeah. it's like, why? I know why. So I, it's kind of a rhetorical question, but right. let's stop doing that. Give them a bridge. And if they cross, they cross. If they don't, then they're move on. Right. And even in, you know, romantic movies or whatever else, it's like, oh, you just, my soulmate would know what I needed. Right. And, you know, I'm talking to, I'm going to call the psychic, but okay. <laughs> right. <laughs> That's not a soulmate. That's a psychic. That's great. Uh, but, you know, when you, when you have this, it's like, okay, so you don't really know what you need. And so your strategy Rather than you figuring out what you need and telling them, your strategy is to just hope you find someone else to figure out what you need so you don't have to. And then they tell you what you need. And then you wonder how you keep getting in toxic relationships. Yeah, that sounds like a big old pattern. Yep. Right? You should know what I need. I'm like, why should they know that? Like you are two different sets of cells. (laughs) Right. And it 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 has behind you. Yeah. It can feel very scary. And I think avoiding the initial process of learning how to say what you want, ask for what you need, um, and then lay it all out there, right? It, it can feel weird and awkward at first, but uh, I think both of us would attest that your results are going to be a whole lot better. Oh my gosh. And every single time they're like, oh my God, I feel so much better. It's like immediately their face is free to to have joy again, to smile, mm-hmm. to like take all that burden off. So mm-hmm. Yeah. Clean up early. Come on. Let's just clean it up in the moment. Don't let it get all festery and stinky. <laughs> yes. No one says rock bottom is the best place to end up. Right. That's I mean, right. Or to stay. When, when you end up well there, it's because of the change that happens after, you know, and it's like, but we could have changed before the rock bottom. <laughs> right. <laughs> you know? Breakdown, breakthrough. Yes. And like, we don't have to all get there on everything. Right. Yes. Those should be like choiceful moments, big, big things. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Renee, I know people are going to want to listen to your TED talk after this. I know you have a book and there's probably other places they can find you. Will you talk to people about where they can get a little more Renee? Yeah. So I I post a handful of times a week on my Instagram, which is Renee M. Deneen. And I promote, like I do, I run retreats for mothers and daughters and retreats for women in Costa Rica. My next one is July and it's fabulous. It's called Soulful Living. Um, And I, of course, LinkedIn and all that good stuff. And then my TED Talk, I said the title, um, it's got about 600,000 views. So I must not be alone in my doing addiction. And and part of that keeps me in recovery that that message is out there. Mm -hmm. Um, That's really a big reason why I did it. Um, and then what else? Oh, the art and truth of transformation for women, just a beautiful book of stories, 20 women actually in our stories of transformation and what we equipped ourselves with, what we learned along the way. And so if you're looking for a kind of inspirational read in the new year, I always love anthologies, those sort of story-based books. Um, yeah. So that's probably plenty. We will put all those links in the show notes for everyone who's listening to the podcast. And Renee, thank you so much for helping us on our journey to becoming toxic person proof. My pleasure. Bye. Bye. 
Hello, wonderful. This is Sarah, and I hope you enjoyed today's podcast. I know that there was something that you can take away to help you get past the past, get real about the present, or get serious about your future. And if I did my job, then hopefully it will help you with all three. If you are not in my Facebook group, Finding Love and Success After a Toxic Relationship, then consider this your personal invitation from me. I'm there live. There's tons of support and most importantly, tons more information to help you on your journey to become toxic person proof. 